0: It's the NLDS rematch between the Braves and the Phillies. Got Graham McCauley joining the show. We're going to break everything down that you need to know about this matchup between these two good teams out of the NL East. We'll discuss all that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you check out the podcast there at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have. For the podcast, I'm going to be doing a bonus episode on Friday night as well, possibly doing it live. So be looking out for that. If you got any questions, come in and tune into that. Also, I got a crossover episode I did with Connor of Locked On Phillies that posted on Thursday. So if you haven't checked that out, Go back and give it a listen or a watch. Would appreciate it. Thanks so much for all the support you give me here at Locked On Braze. If you're new, hit that subscribe button. Or if you're listening to it on audio, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves. Hit the thumbs up button on this video as well. Again, thank you for all your support. Thanks for being an everydayer here at Locked On Braze. Where we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that it's brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks, and you could win up to a hundred times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On. You'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over thirty states. Check out Sleeper today. On today's podcast, Grant's going to be joining me, my postcast partner. Go ahead and tell you, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube as well. Where You'll get the postcast with me and Grant McCauley throughout the length of the postseason. And Grant, great time you bring you in here because hopefully we're going to be doing a lot more of these postcasts throughout the postseason. But really looking forward to this run, looking forward to this matchup the Braves have with the Phillies.
1: Yeah, I think that all of us kind of saw it going this way, and I think when you start to put together the script, not that there is one for a great postseason, a little redemption for the Braves. They already got to celebrate at Citizens Bank Park when they were winning the division for the sixth consecutive year. But I think everybody, Jake, has eyes on a much bigger prize, and that would include the 2023 Atlanta Braves themselves.
0: Yeah, certainly looking to get that bad taste out of their mouth from last season. I know, obviously, I understandably, Phillies are a good team. can understand Mm -hmm. maybe some people who uh, might be – I don't want to – maybe scared is not the right word, but it's a tough opponent. But I think most Braves fans – You should want to face the Phillies. You should want to be the ones to eliminate them to kind of put last year behind us. But before we get into all that, I want to focus on the Braves because they did something a little different this year. They recognized last year, whatever they tried to do, you know, between these off days really didn't work, trying to keep the the hitters timing and everything. So we got these sim games, got fans there in attendance. And Grant, I know you were able to be there for most of those. So I wanted to get your just initial thoughts on you know, the sim games, how they looked, the the intensity, you know, the crowd. What was your take on, on these the sim games and whether or not, you know, you think it's going to be an effective strategy? Is there a perfect effective strategy for this? I don't know. But just want to get your initial takeaways on these sim games that the Braves held.
1: I feel like this was the best way to do it, if there was one. And Brian Snicker talked about this the final week. You know, there wasn't really an experience that anybody could draw on because no one had ever gone into the postseason. And then Major League Baseball said, OK, what well, we want you to do now is sit around for five or six days, and then we're going to get you an opponent, and then you'll start your postseason run. Most of the time, we could say that with the exception of the one-game wild card, you kind of knew which way this thing was headed. But Snit said that they talked amongst the players and said, look, our feedback is we'd kind of like to keep some kind of schedule that resembles what we have for 162 games. So they created a mirror, if you will, for the Braves to play Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. To have their regular lineup out there to get work for pitchers so that they didn't have to sit around and wait either. But the biggest adjustment that needed to be made, I feel like last year, going towards this year, and what they learned from last year was it's kind of tough for our hitters to sit around for five or six days and then go to face velocity and competition with pitchers that are trying to get you out. So I think that this was the adjustment that the Braves definitely needed to make. And I'm kind of glad that they did this. And I think that, you know, and from talking to Brian Snicker uh, yesterday, we kind of got out of it what we needed to,
0: was what he said, and I think that's nothing but a good thing. Yeah, you look at last year, and everybody talks about, you know, the illness to, to Max Freed and the mm-hmm. injury to Spencer Strider, but the bats weren't really helping out much either last year. They looked completely, you know, quiet for the most part, other than, you know, Acuna, maybe Olsen a little bit, Travis no, yeah. But for the most part... bats were pretty much silent in that series as well. So again, I think this is a big thing for the Braves to try to do to keep that timing. And Grant, I I don't know how much, you know, stock you can really put into these SIM games. And I I wasn't there. I'm just following the updates on social media. I know you were, but from what it sounds like Braves hitters had a pretty good time uh, in these SIM games. Of course, you know, I'm sure pitchers aren't going necessarily all out. They're more so trying to get their work in, but you know, kind of give me your take on what the hitters look like, because it sounds like they hit a bajillion home runs in these sim games.
1: Yeah, and that's the unofficial total. I mean, I kind of <laughs> joked, I mean, if they just had had these couple of sim games, they could have broken that Major League Baseball home run record. But no, all, all jokes aside, I do think that, you know, the pitchers were out there trying to compete, and, and, and nobody's trying to hit anybody with a pitch or end up with some kind of injury scenario. But, you know, overall, you look at what Ron Lacuna Jr., Marcelo Zuna, what Travis Darno, Sean Murphy, I mean, These are some guys that I think you expect to see hitting home runs in the case of Acuna and Ozuna because of the way that they have been all year long. But you kind of wanted to see a little bit of this from Murphy and from Darno and from others. I think Michael Harris has been swinging a pretty good bat as well. You know, This was just, I think, as much as anything, maintaining your timing. I I think I saw Austin Riley hit a home run. I'm sure I'm going to forget somebody, Kevin Pilar. There were a lot of them that left the ballpark, but more so it was the quality of the at-bats that they were able to get in this scenario as opposed to, hey, we're going to bring in a pitcher for a sim game and a live batting practice session, and that's all you're going to have for, what, four or five straight days. I think that's what the Braves wanted to be able to avoid this time around is not necessarily becoming complacent because, again, I don't really know that there was a formula last year, but clearly it didn't work for the Braves. It didn't really work for the Dodgers either a year ago, and uh, the Mets also had to deal with a, a bit of some doldrums despite winning 101 games a year ago. But putting all that aside, I I think that they've approached this the way that they need to. The hitters seem to more than appreciate the opportunity to continue, as I've said many times and in many different outlets. Baseball players are nothing if not creatures of habit. So the daily aspect of doing this for the three days, I think that the hitters are going to get a lot out of that heading into Friday's workout. I'm sure I'll get a lot of feedback on that when we finally get to talk to the players on Friday in advance of Saturday's game one. But it looks like this is exactly what the Braves needed and it served its purpose. And the hitters got to enjoy themselves maybe a little bit more than some of the Braves pitchers, particularly on that second day.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's great to hear. Like I said, this in my mind was more for the hitters and trying to keep that timing. I think that's very important with all these days off. And you said the routine that these players get in playing every day and especially Braves players, they play every day. So, you know, this is a a big layoff for them, but There was a one big key on the pitching side of things for the Braves in this one, and that was Max Freed and making sure that he got some work. And he was able to get his work in, you know, 70-plus pitches. You know, he had to throw with the Band-Aid on the finger and all that. But I wanted to just get, you know, your takeaways from Max Freed, you know, what he looked like, what how the Braves felt afterwards they feel like he's good to go as is a you know i'm sure he's not going to be 100 but as healthy as he can be and ready to go for a full workload come the, the nlds
1: yeah i think they've attacked it in the best possible way which was resting to close out the regular season getting some treatment and also being able to throw with that bandage i mean he won't be able to use it in games obviously and i think there was maybe some confusion about that but no you can't have anything on your finger when you go out to actually pitch in a big league game but you know max looked like max i mean i thought the velocity was good Uh, the first couple of innings especially he looked very crisp and the first inning that he threw he did not have the band-aid on he put it back on from the second inning on i think that was something that he wanted to get the feel for it he didn't use it in his warm-ups either so he used you know just the regular way that he would throw he was able to simulate some of that heading towards that what would be a game to start now is what the math works out brian snicker it was on locally here on 92.9 The Game on Thursday and did discuss the fact that hey, we know what the math says is that Max isn't going to pitch before game two. Who else but Max would throw game two? Oh, yeah, that guy's going to throw game one. I think we all know who it's going to be. But it sounds like all systems are go. The way that they were able to be cautious about it and treat it, Max is feeling like he's going to be able to, you know, to, to work his way through this. And that's something that he said, even at the end of the season, is that I've dealt with blister issues before. I've dealt with them randomly throughout the years. If this were the postseason, I would try to pitch through this. And I think that should have Braves fans feeling maybe a little bit more confident that this issue has been handled.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, that's exactly right. And it's something, again, you said he's dealt with pretty much his entire career. As long as I've known Max Fried he's always had to deal with kind of these blister issues. And it's something you can pitch through. I'm sure it's not comfortable, but it's something that you can pitch through. And I'm sure he has in the past. And like you said, if it were a postseason game, he probably will. Well, it is a postseason game. And let's hope he's effective because we know what happened last year. The Braves went into this postseason not having full strength, Max Freed and Spencer Strider didn't go so well. So that's certainly what the Braves are hoping that you get Max Fried. And hopefully he's able to, you know, give you a full workload and to pitch to the best of his ability that he can. Now, we talked about a little bit hinted at it, who's going to pitch that other game. And I know there's another young pitcher that threw this week as well that was pretty impressive. Don't know if he'll get a start. Obviously talking about A.J. smith Shaver but do you have any, are you, you know, feel any kind of lean towards who's going to start That other game for the Braves, whether it be game two or game three, whenever they're going to need that third starter, any sort of lean that you felt this week while you were there as who they could start in that game?
1: Yeah, I certainly think it's going to be Strider and then Freed. And game three, I mean, there is some intrigue around A.J. smith Shawber because of how well he threw against the Cubs and how well he threw against the Braves' primary lineup in the first of these uh, practice games that they had this week. And then you have Kyle Wright who could come in and maybe go through the lineup one more time. So all of a sudden, Maybe you get through the the lineup for the Phillies three times between smith Shawver, and Wright. Now, this is a dangerous proposition, I think, in some regards because while there is an upside play here, it it also depends on, I think, Jake, what position the Braves find themselves in because you might, up 2-0, decide to kind of roll out that plan. Then, if you're 1-1, can you afford to do that? And if you're 0-2, is this how you want to try to get back in the series with your back squarely against the wall? I think that's going to be part of the calculus for the Braves Bryce Elder threw in the final game on Thursday of these practice games, gave up a two-run homer to Michael Harris and nothing else. So I feel like in terms of actual damage against him, Bryce got a little bit of a rest. I think that's what he needed. I said, and, and I do maintain that probably the safer course of, of, of action here for the Braves or the one that is the more conventional would simply be to go with Bryce Elder in game three since you're without Charlie Morton. I think, I think they're probably still leaning that way. Wanted to see him, how the rest affected him and in a positive way, I mean, heading into Thursday. And it appears that he looked pretty good. But the Philadelphia Phillies lineup is going to be a tough one. And, you know, it, again, it's, I think it's going to depend, Jake, on what scenario the Braves find themselves in in Game 3. But they have options. And you always want to have that. Last year, it felt like the options that they had were not the ones that they needed because Max Reed was sick. Spencer Strider was dealing with that oblique issue. Yes, you had Kyle Wright. And yes, he won a playoff game for you. And then Charlie Morton got hit in the elbow with a line drive. So that whole series kind of went sideways from a starting pitching standpoint. I do feel like they come into this year with at least the options that they want and the health that they need, primarily from Spencer Strider and from Max Fried, who I think they're pretty confident about
0: in that order for games one and two. And that's certainly good to hear. Like you said, I mean, gotta have those two guys at the top of your rotation. And if you pitch them in games one and two, like they probably will, you got an opportunity to use both of those guys twice if you need to, and then figure out that other game. And like you said, it may depend on how those first two games go, what they do. I mean, as exciting as it would be to see AJ Smith and as exciting of the talent as he is, to start him in a postseason game on the road in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, Again, if you're 1-1 in that series, that's a lot of pressure, especially if you're 0-2 in that series. Uh, that's a lot of pressure right there. So I still think the Braves lean towards Bryce Elder, but again, it may decide how the first two games or may be dependent on how those first two games play out. A lot more I want to get to talking about the Braves' roster construction, how they put that together, and obviously mastering up these two teams. We'll discuss more of that here next. The MLB playoffs are here and you have a chance to win 100 times your money on the Sleeper app. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna, Betts, Olson, and the postseason. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts and more for up to a 100 time payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. One of the great things about Sleeper is the social interaction on there. Uh, me and some Lockdown Braves listeners started a fantasy football league on Sleeper. Grant, I'm not doing too good. I don't know anything about the the nfl but it's been a lot of fun and it's so easy to keep track of on the sleeper app and be able to communicate with your friends so i do enjoy it a lot there while you're in the sleeper app use promo code to lock down you'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details The postseason begins or uh, gets going for the Braves this weekend. You can catch every pitch of the postseason with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All right, Grant, getting back into this NLDS preview we have right now. We talked about the Sim games. Who's going to start that game three? I think it's one of the biggest questions going in. Who is who is one Braves hitter that, that might surprise people in this series? And I know that's tough to do with a lineup like the Braves, which has so many good sluggers. But, Ozuna, somebody right now that just, you know, pops into my mind, somebody that's been extremely hot down the stretch. And again, it sounds like he continued that in these sim games. Is there one hitter, you know, maybe outside of those top four in the lineup that you're looking to in this series that could really step up for the Braves here?
1: Yeah. If we take the top four and Marcel and put them off to the side, because I, I will throw in on Marcel. I mean, remember that home run that he hit in Philadelphia that got the. Phillies broadcasters so upset because he stopped to have a quick high five and a handshake with Ron Washington around third base. I would be amused to see that happen again, but putting all that aside and with the national broadcast in play, I don't know if it'll be quite as funny, but I think that the top five in the Braves order is going to be doing the things that it needs to do. And the way that these practices have played out, it would appear that they haven't sat around and let themselves get rusty over the course of this week. If I had to pick a guy or maybe a position, We've seen Travis Darno have some big hits in the postseason. I think he's capable of doing that. I just don't know how much playing time he's going to get as opposed to his other, not his battery mate, but his fellow catcher in Sean Murphy. I mean, this is a big time opportunity and stage. And it just feels like, you know, even when you have a bad second half and you struggle and you kind of get down into maybe the worst slump that you've had with your new team, which is the case for Sean Murphy in that second half, maybe that was just setting him up for that moment or moments in the postseason. I think he could be a key in this series. Clearly, he's got the power. Still had what I would view as a career year and a very good first year with the Braves, even if it was kind of a tale of two halves. But now is a time where, as Matt Olson said a few days ago, everything goes back to zero. You kind of get to start over. We accomplished a lot of different things over the course of the season, won a lot of baseball games, had a lot of personal accomplishments, but it's all down, you know, right back to, you know, you hit the reset button. And I think Sean Murphy could be that guy. I, I, I would look at some others. In the lineup, they could come through with big hits the way we've seen Orlando Arcia do it. I love you know the opportunity to see Michael Harris maybe bat a little higher in the order, have more chances, and then you got Eddie Rosario hanging around. So I don't know if I'm going through all the options before you even <laughs> get to pick one, but that just kind of speaks to how dangerous this lineup is. And yeah. even though the Phillies have a great you know top three or their top three hitters that I would say are the ones that you have to look out for in Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, and Trey Turner, and really no specific order as far as being Braves killers with Turner and Harper in particular. The Braves just have that one through nine that even the Phillies can't seem to match. And I don't know that any club at Major League Baseball can.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, like we, we talked about this offensive season from the Braves. It's not just one of the best in baseball now. It's one of the best I think we've we've ever seen. So it's hard not to talk about everybody in this lineup. We've done it all season on the postcast. You can go one through nine. But I like to call out on the catchers. I mean, the first half of the season, it was the – Best catching duo, and I think by the end of the season it still was, but they were just on fire to start the year. Sean Murphy yeah. in particular, and it was a rough, you know, end to the season for them. But that talent is still there, you know. That hasn't gone away. It's it's certainly possible that it could show up. I am curious to see what the playing time looks like for those two. I know Max Fried and Travis Darno. You know, have a good you know feel for each other, and he you know Max Freed you know gets uses Darno to catch a lot of his games. Plus, Max Freed can control the run game on his own, so the need to have Sean Murphy behind the plate isn't as huge with Freed on the mound. So I am curious to see how that works out if they still keep going every other game, or if it's Murphy's the whole time, or if Darno you know only starts for Max Freed. But we'll we'll see how Brian Snicker figures that out. But another thing they got to figure out is, is the roster here, and I don't know. Have uh, you given this much thought, or or you have any you know sway based on what you saw this week? But you know, we've I've seen Mark Bowman MLB.com talk about the Braves possibly just going with twelve pitchers. You know, does AJ Smith Shawver get on there? Is he one of those twelve pitchers? Who are you leaving out? You know, is Tonkin left out at this point? Who gets on there? And then if you do, who's your extra bat? Is it a Luke Williams? Is it a Von Grissom? Is it a, a Chadwick Trump? Right. You, how do you feel about the roster construction? Twelve pitchers opposed to thirteen, or you think they'll do thirteen of, of each?
1: I kind of had the feeling that it would be a thirteen scenario, but it is a five game series, so maybe you could go with the extra hitter. But I mean, you watch this lineup all year long in the same way that I have. I mean, pinch running opportunities. A guy right. like Forrest Wall, uh, Nikki Lopez, even I know he's a defensive specialist. You could also use if you want to sub him in. Kevin Pilar runs pretty well. You kind of cover all of that. Like if you needed to pinch run or pinch hit for somebody based on a platoon, the way that Pilar would for Eddie Rosario, for example. I just don't see a whole lot of reason to have a lot of extra positional players. And yet you can replace guys in case of injury, but then they have to sit out the next series. So I can understand, you know, you don't want to necessarily paint yourself into a corner. But if there was a place where I feel like the Braves need the most fortification, it's the pitching staff, right? I mean, mm-hmm. while you don't have to carry four or five starters for a five-game series, you can still use the depth just in case, and we know how the postseason is, that hook comes a lot quicker. You have somebody get in trouble in the second or third inning to where you might go down and have a chance or, or, or be put away from a chance and, and not have the opportunity to come back and win a baseball game, you're to have to have somebody cover those innings. And who do you trust? Is it Michael Tonkin who had, I, I think, a good year by, by most standards but really struggled down the stretch and in the month of September or do you want to go the Kyle Wright direction there or the A.J. smith Shawver direction? I think Jesse Chavez coming back at this time also gives the Braves another great option there. So I would lean towards the more pitching than the extra bat off the bench. And particularly, I don't know that there's a reason for three catchers for this series. Maybe I would rethink that in the seven-game series. I know you can use one or the other to pinch hit if you wanted to do that, but you have to protect yourself in the case that there is an injury or some other unforeseen circumstance. But I just feel like the pitching is really the way to go In this case, especially with a lineup as potent as the Phillies is, they can score as suddenly and as often as they can. If you're the Braves, I just feel like that's where you want the insurance policy.
0: No, yeah, I'm right there with you. I've been you know, predicting 13 and 13. I just think the pitchers are are more useful. And like you said, who are you pinch hitting for on the Braves? The only one you're going to is Eddie Rosario and you got Kevin Pillar there for that right-handed option. So, we'll see what the Braves decide there, but you mentioned that Phillies team in that dangerous lineup. So, let's focus on them for just a second. Obviously, a really good team. You know, Braves saw it last year what can happen when they get hot and how good they are and how great they play in the postseason in that that stadium where they just dismantled mm-hmm. the Marlins in that wild card series. What are some of your thoughts on this Phillies team and how dangerous they are? Who are some some players uh, in that lineup that maybe give you some some scare you a little bit for this series and maybe you know the pitchers as well? Obviously, you got Wheeler, Nola. That bullpen I think is maybe a little bit better than it yep. was last year. So, uh, who where are some standouts on the Phillies? Something you're watching from that side of things?
1: I think it, as much as we talked about a moment ago, you asked me about like what are some players or, or who's a player for the Braves or a position for the Braves that you think might come up bigger than some of the guys that you expect to. Nick Castellanos, I think, is somebody that you got to keep your eyes on. I think Bryson Stott, I mean, if you weren't already aware of his proclivity for coming up with some big hits here or there, that grand slam against the Marlins that just was the final nail in the coffin for that series, that's somebody that just feels like, you know, it just from the time that he steps to the plate and the crowd gets all into that song, which, if that's their thing, that's awesome. But And it was a very cool moment. I don't know if you saw that but with the broadcast completely muted and it was just mm-hmm. a natural yeah. sound in the stadium. cool. Very cool. But, you know, obviously he can come through in some big moments as well. He just feels like a guy who's going to be a thorn in the side of the Atlanta Braves for a little while. And those are a couple of guys I would look at. But you have to respect Harper, obviously Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber. Those are guys that you're going to have to really be careful about not letting them beat you. JT Romuto is somebody that we haven't even brought up until now. He didn't have the best season ever, but he's a guy that I think has a knack for those big moments and was a big part of what the Phillies did a year ago. And he's kind of a, a captain for them on their club as well. I don't think that they have necessarily one figurehead leader, but if you're looking for like the triumvirate of guys that you think about when you think of the Philadelphia Phillies, I think about Romuto as well. So it, it's a good all around club. I don't know that there's any team that can counter punch with the Braves as well as the Philadelphia Phillies can. So, there's a reason that they're in here. I think if we were on the old playoff series, everyone across baseball would have looked and said, "Okay, of all the wild card possibilities, the Phillies are clearly the best one and they're here in October to, you know, take care of their unfinished business from a year ago." So, the Braves, regardless of what the season series said, going 8 and 5 against them, I don't think that any of that's going to be factoring in more so than Atlanta wanting to make sure that it handles its business and maybe gets a
0: little bit of redemption from a year ago, because I'm sure the Braves haven't forgotten about that. Yeah. Stotts becoming one of those guys that you just fear for whatever reason. And I don't know how well he does against other teams. I know his numbers aren't necessarily outrageous overall, but it just feels like when he steps in the box against the Braves, he's going to give you a good at bat. He's going to, you know slap a single somewhere or come with a big hit I remember you know in the series last year it was him that fouled off all those pitches that just seemed to wear down Strider before he ultimately gave up the big home run to Hoskins I mean he just gives you that kind of a bat and he's somebody that you know I don't want to see up there in a clutch spot in this series so that's certainly one to watch there on the pitching side you know they got the two horses at the top Mm -hmm. Wheeler and Noah but because they did have to go through the wild card series Probably won't see them until at least game two. You do have the off day after game one, which allows them to bring Wheeler back for game two of that series. But they do have a really good top of the rotation, and the back half is not all that bad either. And then we discussed, you know, the bullpen. I think it's much improved. Kimbrell out there, uh, Alvarado, Hoffman. Uh, they got the, this new kid as well, Ryan Kirkering, that has just some nasty stuff as well. So I think it's a really good Phillies pitching staff as well that could give the Bray some problems.
1: Yeah, I feel like that they've already been able to address some of the what has been their Achilles heel for quite a few years, maybe with last year being a bit more of an exception because they kind of shored some stuff up in 2022, obviously, for the success they had. But the bullpen had been problematic for a number of years for the Phillies. It just seemed like they had a club that could hit its way to a, a pretty good record, but that bullpen would just be time and time again. How are they going to melt down? I don't think you can feel that way about the Phillies' bullpen anymore, and clearly that's a big part of their success was going out and bringing in some proven arms and some better options for them. And then having a few, you know, kind of uh, off the page call-ups and you know, players that just become part of the plan organically throughout the course of a season. I think that always plays a part in it. So I, I don't look at the Phillies and see any real glaring weakness. I, I think that they are not a club that necessarily was highly rated defensively or a lot was expected out of them defensively, particularly with Shore Brown and left field. But I think even that has been improved this year so. It's hard to really pick apart the Philadelphia Phillies. They really truly are, I feel like, a club that their record indicates the the kind of baseball team that they were in 2023 and the, the kind of team that they are right now after rolling right on over the Marlins to get back to this NLDS matchup.
0: And we talked about how even these two teams are. I think, you know, the lineups are, can be very comparable. Obviously, you know, I would take the Braves. We talked about the rotation. They're two-headed monster at the top. The Braves, two-headed monster at the top. And I think the bullpens are pretty even as well. So what's the key, Grant? What's the key for the Braves to win this series? Is it just simply they're going to have to outslug them?
1: I think that that's as simple as it gets. And I think that these are two teams that can go toe-to-toe, but the Braves have had the firepower all year long to just pretty much slug anybody. Uh, into submission by the time you get done with it and you can look at it the record best in baseball the head-to-head against the philadelphia phillies going up there to citizens bank park and winning three out of four to clinch the division i think if you needed the kind of that extra i don't know validation or shot in the arm of the second half i think that was kind of one of those that maybe i don't know if it's foreshadowing or not but if you are the braves you have to have that confidence that all right we can win in this place and so You know, if we handle our business at home, we don't have to, you know, so much worry, I think, the way that maybe they had to a a year or so ago about how exactly they were going to try to eke out a couple of wins at Citizens Bank Park. This year, I think it's a little bit different. But, again, all credit to the Phillies. They're, I think, a better club this year than they were even a year ago. Can they get on that hot streak? Can everything click for them again? And for the Braves, how will they come out of this week uh, or five days of waiting and seeing who they were going to be playing and then getting it going on Saturday. So I think the key, as as you pointed out, is going to be that offense. It's not a secret. It's not sneaking up on anybody. It's not subtle. And the Braves are going to have to go out there, I think, and really turn it on, turn the volume up to about 11, and send a
0: message to go ahead and set the tone for this series. Well, it's finally getting here. We're going to get a series started on Saturday, like you said, and can't wait to see the Braves get going. And next we'll talk about that game and who the probable pitchers are in that matchup and just how important that game one is for the Braves. We'll discuss that next. All right, Braves fans, you may have heard us talk about the free new app just for sports fans called Bunches. Bunches is a new social network built for sports fans. No politics, no doom and gloom, unless your team's already out of the postseason. It's just sports. They've recently released a new scoreboard feature that lets you check live scores in the app and chat about live games as they happen. So you're watching the postseason, you're watching Braves games, you can go on over to Bunches. You can join uh, the Braves Bunches app that we have there, the Lockdown Bunch as well you can just click the link down in the show notes description and it'll take you there to the app store where you can download the bunches app now download the app today when you do our friends at bunches have featured the locked on mlb bunch in the discover tab you can also click the link in the description show notes below to join the locked on mlb bunch community today Again, the Braves will kick off their postseason run on Saturday. The Game starting at 7:07 p.m. or 6:07 p.m. Eastern. Catch every pitch of the postseason with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All right, Grant, getting us ready for Game One. It's finally here. Feels like it's been forever since the Braves have played a game. Haven't really announced pitchers yet. We're assuming it's going to be Strider versus Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. Could be Ranger Suarez. Tywan Walker. I know the Braves have really been good against lefties, so if they throw Suarez out there, it seems like a good matchup. Either way, Grant, this game one, In my mind, I hate to say it's a must-win, but it feels like a must-win And what's going to be a tight series. You have this advantage in game one, throwing your ace against their number three starter. I feel like the Braves got to win this one at home.
1: I mean, it's pivotal because, I mean, I don't need to sit here and go on a long speech about how important game one is of the series. I mean, the numbers back it up. But if you want to maintain your home field advantage in this series, you need to win game one, and you really need to win game two. Otherwise, if, that, if you know visiting team gets that split, then they get to take it home, and they've got home field advantage for two of the next three. And that, I feel like, is where the Braves really need to make these first two games count. They had a chance to get the Rangers Suarez a year ago. He was very wild in his start. Braves weren't able to come up with that big hit, that knockout blow on him. And, of course, Max Freed was not Max Freed. In that particular start, hopefully those two things change. I think that's the key. Obviously, we talked about it already with the Braves' offense; they have been great, you know, great against lefties. Can they do it again here in Game One? Because I think that it's again, it's not a secret. It's it's not something that you have to search for. It really sets the tone for this series. And you go out and you get the best record in baseball to get home field advantage throughout the
0: postseason. You've got to make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you saw what happened last year. Braves didn't win that game one. You you wonder if that happens again, if maybe that starts to play in the mind of the Braves players a little bit. I think this group you know, is a little bit more mentally tough for that. And I'm not going to say if they lose game one, it's all of a sudden over, because it's certainly not. But definitely, like we've talked about, game one at home, strider on the mound, a healthy strider this time around, somebody who's dominated the Phillies in the regular season. I'm sure he wants to get past what happened last year. You almost have to Like I said, win this game, and then, as you even said, win game two because we don't know what's going to happen in game three for the Braves, who they're going to throw, but we know the Phillies are likely going to be throwing Aaron Nola, who looked as good as I've ever seen him the other night in that wild card game against the Marlins. Much different lineup than what they'll face Mm -hmm. against the Braves, but still we know how good that he can be. So winning game one, very pivotal for the Braves in this series as it is for every postseason series, and that will begin at 6.07 p.m. Eastern on saturday looking forward to that again catch every pitch of the postseason with SiriusXM xm on the sxm map grant thanks so much for joining me to do this nlds preview be looking forward to doing the postcast with you on lockdown sports atlanta throughout the postseason make sure you subscribe to that over on youtube subscribe subscribe to lockdown braves here if you haven't already and make sure that you rate review and subscribe to the lockdown braves podcast wherever you get your podcast and we will talk to you next time